Hello and welcome to the Synthetic Dreams podcast. I hope you're well. My guest this week is musician and author Jim Bob. Jim uh, was a singer in Carter USM who he formed back in 1987 with guitarist Les Fruitback Carter. Carter had a number of massive hit singles in the 1990s uh, including Sheriff Fat Man, Do Re Mi So Far So Good, Lean On Me I Won't Fall Over and the amazing Only Living Boy New Cross which I believe got to number 7 in the UK charts. After Carter disbanded in 1998, or should say that the first time because they've since had a couple of reunion shows since then, uh, I think the last one was 2014, um, but since first sort of called it a day in 98, uh, Jim went on to release um, a number of really great solo albums. Um, and his latest record, Who Do We Hate Today, I believe is is up there as, as one of his best. And it's a record that since it came out last year, I've been playing non-stop. Um, it's, a, it's a fantastic record. And if you haven't listened to it yet, you know, do go out and uh, check out his music on his website. I remember the first time hearing Carter, The Unstoppable Sex Machine, in the early 90s and just instantly falling in love with them. I went out and I bought nearly every release that I could that I could get my hands on and also went to see them a number of times live and in fact I think my first ever gig which I mentioned in the interview was at Finsbury Park in London which was a, um, a gig to raise awareness of the XFM radio station who were going for a license at that time and I think on the bill was The Cure and Belly, Frank and the Waters, Senseless Things. I mean, it was a real snapshot of the music of that time, which I, I think gets a little bit um, forgotten about. Documentaries and books about the Britpop scene, but there's nothing really about the music that was before then, around 91 to 93. I mean, so many great bands, and I think a lot of them, not Carter, because I think they are still, you know, in a lot of people's minds, but... There are a few bands that's kind of been forgotten about and it's a real shame because it was a brilliant scene and uh, kind of got forgotten about when um, the likes of Oasis and that came along. But anyway, that's another story. So um, I also like to take this opportunity to to thank everyone who's um, sent me a message or left a nice review about the show. It's nice to know that people are enjoying what I'm doing and um, I appreciate it. So... If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Music um, or on Spotify or if you just want to listen to the the um, the episodes on Anchor FM, then that, that's great. I've also got a, a Twitter page, which you'll see. So if you could follow that, then that'll be great also. Um, I think you can hit the Twitter button on my Anchor FM page. So here he is, without further ado, the multi-talented Jim Bob. And how are you anyway? I'm fine, thanks. Yeah, are you? Good week so far, or I know it's only Tuesday, but... Uh, yeah, pretty unmemorable. <laughs> Nothing oh, spectacular still... has happened. Have you still got a garden shed and a fence? <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a, yeah, there's a few. We, we had big trees out the back <laughs> yeah. that were way... We were watching them sort of sway back and forth and thinking, oh. how long can they... <laughs> you know, how long do they last before they land on your house? But, oh, it was really strange, wasn't it? I mean, the last, the, the storm yesterday seemed worse than the one before that one. It was a bit like yeah. double trouble. I know. 
Um, so <laughs> it's really nice for you to join me today, Jim. So thanks for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. It's a pleasure. I was just thinking then, and weirdly enough, I was in the car and I was just changing radio channels. And I think I hit Radio X, which made me think of XFM, because I, I think actually my first ever gig was this um, gig in Finsbury Park. And I think it was 93 or something like that. Was it? Was okay, it, yeah. Yeah, obviously you were on the bill and so many other great bands like The Cure and Belly and um, Frank and the Waters and people like that. I mean, yes, yeah, so I think that's probably my first ever gig was seeing, seeing you guys. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, all I really remember is being in the crowd, jumping up and down. I don't actually remember what, what you looked like because it, it was quite a frantic <laughs> gig. I remember Fire as well. I think you had Fire on stage, as I recall. Probably. We probably did, yeah. I know there was a phase where we sort of, uh, we met someone who um, <laughs> used to be in the RAF. <laughs> and I don't know if there was a kid. I think... You know, sometimes you sort of re you you remember things, and you think years later, is that true? Yeah. But he was supposedly an explosives expert from the RAF, and he used to do like pyrotechnics for us. Wow! Not get like Metallica or something like that. Yeah, a bit. Yeah, a very sort of low budget Metallica. Yeah, and a very very low budget Ramstein. Yeah, very low budget Ramstein. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, I always like to try and start with. I mean, it came, I know it came out last year, but I still love this record. So I'd like to talk about Who We Hate Today, um, which was released last year. And uh -huh. just sort of talk us through the sort of, um, maybe the, the, the writing process for that. I mean, was it recorded um, during the lockdown or had it something you were working on before all this madness that, that came around? It was, um, I mean, write, writing wise, it's sort of, because I, I did an album before, a year before, that was the first album I'd done for, of new music for like seven years so um i kind of got back in the in the sort of flow i suppose and that was uh that was the first that was just before the first lockdown um and whereas this one was written sort of just after that came out so sort of uh yeah like during the lockdown and then the recording was was uh i don't know i mean how many i don't know how many official lockdowns there were there were sort of two or three weren't there but it was the one it was the one where you weren't allowed to go to go to work unless <laughs> unless you were on this government list, and I and I sort of worked out that I was on that government list. I, I can't remember what was on there. It was like I think it was if you if you couldn't do your work at home. Yeah, and I'd sort of uh, so I had to go in the studio, which was which was like uh, where it was. I mean, it's like ten minutes walk from my house, so. Um, so I could walk there. It was snowing. I remember that. So I could walk there and I didn't meet anyone. I kind of self-justified it yeah. to myself. And also if I got stopped by the police, which is, you know, <laughs> it seemed like a genuine fear then, didn't it? Yeah. That I was sort of, you know, I could sort of say, well, I'm only going here and I could be with, with one other person. So it was, so there was like a, there's a band on it, but it was one person at a time, which was yeah. a bit, a bit frustrating maybe. Yeah, so not so nothing really sort of like no file sharing as such or anything like that. It was just um, yeah, no, no, it was because uh, I did uh, the way I sort of tend to work is I do um, I do quite sort of uh, fairly advanced not advanced demos, a bit com yeah. fairly sort of complex demos, and then go in the studio and kind of uh, um, sort of replace most of it with 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 real people, and then. Uh, um so that's so the only file sharing would have been me sending like demos to to the band yeah 
and them kind of uh, learning them and obviously changing them quite a bit and sort of adding their own their own bits and pieces and that um but that was that was it and apart from the mixing like uh john clayton who sort of mixes most of my stuff he's uh he would mix i wasn't always there when he was mixing and then he'd, he'd, he'd send me he'd send me sort of mixes and then i'd say what i thought wasn't right and that yeah. but but I've sort of found that regardless of COVID, that's like actually quite a good way to work because otherwise, because I've got, because before that I would have sat in the studio behind somebody doing all the work and you're just watching and thinking, is that bit good? Is that bit loud enough? And yeah, it's better to go to go, to go in once all the sort of boring stuff's done. I mean, one of the things with this particular album, it, it seemed to come out at the right time and I know it's been getting some really good when it got really good reviews, um, which must have been really nice to get this sort of positive feedback in a time where everyone was a little bit lost. And I think this album sort of came at the right time for a lot of people. Um, so you must have been nice to get the, this positive feedback back to yourself. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think also because there's a, there was a there was a sort of a, almost like a, an official official feeling that that. Uh, people wanted escapism yeah and didn't especially in music and that was that was the sort I mean it was used as a reason to not play any of my stuff on the radio I know that because because it was uh but I just I just I've never thought that's true I don't think you know that everybody if if if, if there's something bad going on that that universally everybody just wants to hear you know here is everybody just wants to escape from it I don't think that's that's not true is it I mean but everyone's got different yeah wants to listen to different stuff so that's true so that you know because it's quite a bleak sort of record song wise um i'd say so uh yeah so it's good that that people didn't go no i don't want to i don't want to listen to this we've had enough of this we've we've had enough doom and gloom thanks yeah i know it it did a lot for me obviously at times when i just needed a little bit of a pick me up put this on and it it would cheer me up and i also I love some of the song titles, like showing his dating a drunk woman, hating Neanderthal man. Um, I mean, I love the word Neanderthal. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know why, but it's not used enough, the word Neanderthal. So no. I, I just love some of the, um, and some of the lyrics too. Because um, the summer of, is it called the summer of not touching? I'm trying to think now. Uh, summer of no touching. Yeah. No touching, sorry. Yeah. I mean, there's a line in it. I, I should have wrote it down. I think it was about being, um, uh, plenty more fish in the sea or being a prettier fish the, the, the oh, uh, I thought, oh yes I really yeah. love that particular okay. line and um I mean I've always found you to be a really good lyricist actually thank so you is that um so with your lyrics uh does that kind of come first or do you cover like a melody in your head and then you write the lyrics or because I know or does it just vary from from time um, to time did that since uh you know when I've well, I probably first tried to write, attempted to write songs when I was about 14. And uh, then I wrote lyrics first and they probably didn't become songs. But ever since, oh, this is a pretty sort of broad thing, but ever since I've always written uh, the lyrics second. So um, I just can't seem to do it the other way. And I often I, I've sort of tried to I'll write bits of lyrics with when there's no music and uh, they very rarely end up in songs. They don't seem to seem to work. Whereas uh, it's a sort of corny thing to say, but they seem to come alive when there's when there's a tune behind them. So um, so it tends yeah it tends to start like that. I'll I'll write a bit of music or you know some chords chords or whatever, and then just sort of 
singing gibberish along with it. I think like probably a lot of people do that. And then uh, maybe some sort of semblance of words will come out and that will lead me on to, to a bigger idea of what the song might be about. And yeah. sometimes, it's, sometimes it's quick and sometimes it takes for age. I often spend a lot of time trying to, you know, I might write a whole song, but there'll be one line that just takes me like weeks because I sort of get can't get the right, yeah, you know, the right, just simple, just getting things to, I'm, I'm very sort of, uh, you know, I'm reluctant to rhyme simple words with, you know, I won't sort of do a, a love and a dove <laughs> and an eye in the sky. Yeah. You know, I'm not, yeah. And cat, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Would you sing about being in the studio and then just start singing gibberish to see which lyrics come to you? Just reminding me of that. The, the what the the um the bit in the get back documentary where paul mccartney's starts singing uh get i think it's get back isn't it He's get back it. yeah yeah just yeah. that if it's that sort of thing where sometimes you're in you're in the studio and then something comes in your head and suddenly you you know this you've got this memorable tune that just comes out of you yeah i think there must i mean there must be a lot of uh there must be a lot of recordings of various people over the years <laughs> that's that exist somewhere you know, maybe it's maybe now now it would be on the phone people on phone yeah. i've got i mean i've got tons of phone messages never never sort of even listened back to them when i'll just begin you know sort of yeah. almost like a almost a language yeah, yeah. So, so there's things must exist i presume there are things like you know like get back sort of that might be quite funny to have a, just a video of all songs that what they were yeah, before but, like yeah Ace of Spades. yes <laughs> When it was just first a journal or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me just, yes. Oh, I'll pay to see that. Because so that's the sort of, uh, I don't know if it's true or a myth, isn't it, about Paul McCartney writing yesterday, where he originally sung scrambled eggs. That's right. He had, I can't, he, had the, he had the tune. I mean, whether I can't that's true or not. That. Yeah. No, it sounds a bit too perfect, doesn't it? Yeah. I don't know. I can't imagine him liking scrambled eggs. No. Not, no. Did they even have scrambled eggs in? In the sixties in Liverpool, yeah. <laughs> tin powdered, powdered eggs. eggs. Yes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> delicious. Um, another thing as well, I've, I've found with your albums, with with Carter and your, your solo stuff, is you always seem to have a really good artwork. And I know this record. I mean, I only know him by because I follow him on Twitter. Is it stuff by Mark? Sorry, I don't know his real name, but I follow yeah. him. Yeah. Um, who does the? Uh, I mean, he did one the. What did he do the other? I think the other week. Sorry, I'm just things that come in my head. Um, I think it's Smashing Pumpkins as. That's that, yeah. Character. Yeah. Yeah. This stuff is so good. I mean, I have to have him involved. This must have been a real uh, bonus. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we sort of, he's because he, he's done the past two albums That's and he's right, done yeah. t shirts and uh, various sort of tour art, artwork, pretty much everything since we since we first met him. But he first started, he did, uh, he just did, um, I was doing a gig at Shepherd's Bush Empire and he just did kind of uh cartoon thing for that which we hadn't asked him to do he just did it for fun and posted it online wow and i think before that he hadn't uh i don't i don't think he might be saying he wasn't sort of you know he, that wasn't his job to, he wasn't an artist or anything. um but since then he's become his kind of uh his career his trajectory is uh mm. so yeah i think he's just left work <laughs> he's you know he can now leave work because he's getting He's getting jobs. I think he's done the placebo album and oh wow. Um I can't remember who else. So oh, good on him. 
So it's good yeah. for him, but immediately, you know, me and my manager start to get jealous because we think, oh, you're supposed to exclusively work for us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but then obviously, but yeah, he, you know, maybe that will come back on you, you know, as in as people sort of see his portfolio and wonder what yeah, oh, that's true, he's yeah. worked on. Um, and he's great. He's great. He's great to work with as well because he's sort of, because I'm really impatient. So if I, if I work in with someone and, and they don't do things immediately, I get sort of nervous or, you know, yeah. it's not going to be done. Whereas Mark does tends to do things, you know, he'll say, Oh, I haven't got, I haven't got time maybe in a couple of weeks. Yeah. And then two hours later, he'll say, oh, I've done this. Is this any good? And it will be the most amazing thing you've seen in your, in your oh, life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I'm so, I'm so glad. Like it just seems to be all over Twitter at the moment, which is, which is great. I mean, I'm always liking this stuff or sharing it and um, no, he's great. And I remember the scene, the, the vinyl version, did it come with a calendar or something in it? <laughs> so, so. Yeah, we've done the, the, the past two we did with the calendar. Yeah, it, was, it was that sort of, you get that, uh, I think because of the way the way releasing music now is so sort of yeah. complex, isn't it? You know, how are you going to, yeah. how are you going to do it with that? You want because I don't want to sort of, you can't just survive on streaming no. if you want to actually pay for the recordings or anything. So you have to sell, you have to sell something. And I, don't, I sort of, I don't, I'm not a big fan of the, you know, four coloured vinyl versions and, yeah. but we had to sort of do a bit of that to, to try and, to try to make, because, yeah. because you know, people are going to, if you do more than one format, the people like sort of the real hardcore fans of your, of your stuff are, are possibly going to buy all, all those formats. Yeah, they will. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to, we didn't want to make it uh, all those formats exactly the same yeah. so we ended up so we did like a you know the vinyl's got a completely different sleeve to the cd and the vinyl has a calendar with it and then we did a thing with, with the vinyl if you bought the vinyl and the cd purely purely originally because we 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 knew people would we did i did recorded some um cover versions that you you could download so if you bought those you sort of got this free yeah yeah which people a lot of people didn't like because they thought it wasn't fair <laughs> but oh, you know, no. I mean, people are never really happy. <laughs> I know. The way you get it, some people aren't going to be happy. <laughs> no. Um, I mean, I've, I know because it, it's getting really silly now with this whole coloured vinyl thing, and you get all these like ultra limited, like dinked editions where there's only like a hundred, and they're like, yeah, all different colours and things pop out of it, and I yeah. can't keep up with a lot of it. And because it, it's, I mean, it's sort of well publicised now, isn't it? That it's a you know, it's a nightmare to get anything made because it takes, you know, it takes a year to yeah. to get to get a sort of vinyl record made now, which is stupid. Um, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, a lot of because there was that there was a, yeah, there was a picture disc that came out of a Carter album, the year before last, I think, and it's it looks great, but it's it sounds so awful. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's sort of what you know. What's the point? Why even put the music on there? Just yeah, just release it as a clock. Yeah, yeah. I just think it was something I got. I think when I bought, I bought uh, a few of these singles in the early days. I think it was. Is it Let's Get Tattoos? And I'm sure that came with some some transfers or stickers. Ta- yeah, transfer tattoos. That's right. That yeah, yeah. Okay. I, mean, I never ever used them because you never you, you don't like if you got no, any clear of anything you keep it like. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I think I think the worst mission. the worst example of us doing anything like that was when we. I think it was only two. It might have been only the promo copies, but. When you bought the 1992 the Love album, Carter album, it had a 
uh, Brussels sprout, Brussels sprout, Brussels sprout in a in a mm. little box, yeah. in a special little box. So a lot of people kept those. And obviously, oh. if you keep a Brussels sprout, yeah, I was going to say <laughs> it starts to smell. On yeah, really, I never knew that. How can yeah. you imagine? Oh, that was so yeah. good. And um, so I, I'm just thinking about. Um, so we talked touched upon the lockdowns then. So obviously you're working on music, but what what other stuff did you do to keep yourself busy? I did um, well re redecorated my the room where I sort of do everything. Yeah. It's, it's just a small bedroom, but call it a studio or an office or whatever. Redecorated that after like a very very long time of not doing it, even to the extent of putting up. A, this is not a brag, but putting up my gold discs oh, on the God. wall yeah. like, that I've had since like the early 1990s, but never never hung them on the wall. So, mm-hmm. so stuff like that and uh, I'm glad you did that. Yeah. I mean why wouldn't yeah. you? I mean I'm proud just, of it. Yeah. But it took a it took a pandemic to make me yeah get around to get around to doing it. But uh apart from that, I mean not not a great deal. I mean did a lot of, you know, especially at the at the beginning, the first uh lockdown, I just I watched even more television than, than usual. Didn't really sort of didn't go in. I was quite uh I was probably more nervous than I was one of the more nervous people. You know, I was convinced I would catch, yeah, catch COVID and die. It's, it seemed oh, very real. No, nobody knew how serious it was, did we? No, no. I mean it was. And obviously, it was serious. But but some yeah. of the things, we, some of the things we did then seem mm. a bit crazy now. You know, like I remember going going out to post a letter and <laughs> posting the letter without touching the post box. Yeah, and then <laughs> touching. Know touching my own garden gate and then washing yeah. my hands imme- immediately yeah i did that yeah <laughs> washing your oh. shopping all, all that stuff that we now yeah. know was just was nonsense <laughs> it'd be nice not having to run you know when you had to walk into the road if someone else was coming and then yeah it didn't yeah. even worry you're gonna get hit by a car or something yeah. or hold, walk, walk, walking in the road and the whole etiquette who who goes into the road obviously yeah. I, was, I was always going it, into the road but yeah I'm, it would always be asked wouldn't it yeah, how would you do it? I would see it. Yeah. yeah. Or h- holding holding your breath when a jogger, jogger goes past. Yes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> just yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's funny now. I mean, it's not that long ago, but it just seems like... No, it's, al- it's almost romantic, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, or you can maybe you could laugh at some aspects. Obviously, you know, it was serious as well, and it's yeah very sad, the loss of life and stuff. And um, touch wood, we, we were um, over the, the sort of bad stuff and it looks like there's a bit of light at the end of the tunnel and it's yeah yeah live, live music's back on again and stuff like that yeah so. have you played any um shows um by the way since uh with uh, we did did uh at the end of um last year so november we did did a tour and it was at the it was sort of it was almost like just before it was when people weren't going to gigs so there were there was sort of not everybody went so there were quite a lot of sold out gigs and, and they weren't a lot of people didn't go but but actually so we were kind of expecting the worst and we were also expecting because there were eight of us on tour that would you know one of us would get covid and the tour would be cancelled and but we managed to make it to the end and it was it was only after i think that people like really stopped going to gigs yeah because it was leading up to christmas i suppose and they didn't want to catch catch it and not get to see their families so, uh, so we did that tour. So that was different in in that respect, you know. That didn't I did like I didn't go out. We sort of made up, followed those rules of we had some sort of rules where we, you know, I didn't we didn't go out 
the front, you know, uh, you know before the gig, sort okay, of yeah. go out and mingle with the audience, yeah. which I always always would have done. Uh, but um, yeah, but I, I quite like that in a way. <laughs> it's it yeah, quite because you know because obviously you meet if you go if you do a gig and there's I don't know say there are four hundred people there there'll be you know there will be three hundred and ninety people who are lovely but there'll also be some you know some drunk idiots and those are the people you're going to probably end up talking to so yeah, uh, unfortunately so, yeah so I don't know what my point is there but um yeah so uh yeah so it's great to do really good to do gigs and it was like one of the most enjoyable tours done for a long time because oh, you know playing with a playing with a band the band's great so. you got any uh, plans to do any more shows or are you just seeing yeah we're, do, we're doing um we're doing a, few, a sort of handful of festivals this i mean not many just uh um sort of one a month starting in may and uh um and then we're going to do we're probably going to do i mean it hasn't been announced yet but the plan is to do some more gigs towards the end of the year that'd be great um yeah, it's quite it's, it's it's sort of hard to organise to book a tour at the moment because it's um because there's been a knock on effect of all the, all the postponed stuff. So you know, so you sort of so you try and book a venue and it's it's fully booked with tours from two years ago. Oh right, yeah. that sort of thing. So it's quite sort of the whole thing, a bit like the vinyl thing. It's a it's a waiting uh, uh waiting sort of list for. For doing yeah. stuff you forget i mean that's something that one forgets don't they like as, as a music fan the whole like knock-on effect that the pandemics had you know with delays in the vinyl industry yeah. obviously gigs you, you don't think of it like that but yeah obviously no, it must be a waiting list for all sorts of things like we were gonna we, we were gonna do a lot of festivals this year and uh a, a lot of the festivals that were approached were were keen to put me on but not till next year because right. this year yeah. this year this this year they've got the lineup from last year <laughs> if, oh, if you see what i mean so they've, yeah. they've got to fulfill that before they yeah. can start booking anybody new hopefully they're not like can you imagine they were like one hit wonders and they weren't popular this year i know it's got it's got to happen it's either either that or or the opposite you or you yeah. get somebody you put oh, yeah. somebody who's completely unheard of yeah and they're like they're sort of bottom of the bill yeah. and then uh by the time they get to the gig they're like they just had a number one album. Yeah, the place stadiums. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I didn't think of it like that. Uh, I was just thinking, um, so kind of if we go back, if we could jump into, say, a, a time machine and go back into the past, because I'm always, oh, I know it's one of those old questions about how you got started in music, but it's always, I always really like to ask, you know, the guests sort of when you first became interested and aware of music, what kind of age and what bands you were listening to at the time? Um, I think, I mean, I was... I was definitely into music as a sort of fan when I was like, you know, really, really sort of young, you know, like uh, I would say like nine, eight or nine years old. I've got sort of uh, vivid memories of listening to certain records that I think it's because I had, I had an older, I had an older sister and she had, she was always had a lot of friends around. So I, I think, so first I probably listened to a lot of, a lot of music that she, that she listened to. Yeah. So there was so there was that, and then uh, after that, you know, her as she got a bit older, her her boy. I remember being into her boyfriend's whatever boyfriend she was with at the time would be their music. So there was, you know, tended to listen to uh, music that um, people who were slightly older than me listened yeah. to, and I went through a lot of. And then when I was at school, you know, so maybe when I'm saying like fourteen, 
I think that was when I first got into the idea of being in a being in a band or being a a, a pop star or something. Yeah. Um, and I, I, as a result of that, I think that's why I sort of ended up. I definitely met. I was in sort of bands or made up bands with people at school, so I must have sort of you know gravitated towards those people because they had similar sort of feelings. Um, but yeah, so it's probably you know properly when I was like fourteen when I was. I got into things very fleetingly, so I was into because other people were into it, and I saw what so I was into rock and roll, like old, you know, oh, wow. yeah. Buddy Holly and yeah, Eddie Cochran, cool. but like for a really short period of time, and then <laughs> I really got into the Beatles. Yeah, yeah cool. You know, this is like after you know years after the Beatles, were, and then after that, got into into rock, like sort of uh, ACDC and Motorhead and that. Oh yeah, um, and that was I think because my sister's boyfriend was into that, and then. So it's probably only really when uh, punk and new wave was probably the first time I really started listening to music that I specifically liked myself, yeah, as opposed to someone else's. Did you go to many gigs at all when you were young? Um, not, not, not until I was probably in my late teens, I suppose. I went yeah. to, I did go to, I went to some, you know, I saw Queen in Hyde Park was the oh, wow. first first gig I went to. Was it really? Think, yeah, and I think I was fourteen or something. Oh so wow. Yeah, a bit like your your uh, Finsbury Park. I remember it being terrifying because it was a lot of old kind of, uh, well, it seemed old to me, yeah, uh, hippies and that throwing throwing beer around. <laughs> I remember it being quite sort of, quite sort of scary to be yeah. in this massive crowd. Um, but yeah, once I got into you know I was into things like the Jam and Elvis Costello, and nice. I just I went to gigs all the time then. So going on to JB Wednesday, would you? Is that like the first? I'm not going to say proper band, but. It was the, it was the first band so it was the first band who released a record so oh, yeah. in a way that sort of felt like it was a real band because I was in bands before that uh, we either all we, we either rehearsed like we did regular rehearsals um, and no gigs or we rehearsed and played sort of fairly regular gigs but only in like one pub in in South London or or maybe two pubs so. But so Jamie Wednesday was the first band that we actually, yeah, when we released a record, that felt like a real, a real thing. And yeah, got in the, you know, got in the enemy and that sort of stuff, you know, it sort of felt like a very much like a real band. And played outside London, you know, left London to do gigs. Because I wasn't, I mean, I knew I knew of the name in your history, but I mean, is there many footage online or anything like that or where listeners could check out? Um, I think in terms of like video, I don't think I've yeah. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen a video of of Jamie Wednesday. Not yeah. even a, not even a pro. We didn't even do promo videos. Um, yeah, I mean, they must exist. Somebody must yeah, have filmed something. something. But yeah, there's yeah, there is there's there's audio stuff. You know, there's a couple of because we did two uh, two EPs and some songs on uh, compilation. So they, they they sort of exist and they appear every now and again someone will send me a link to ebay and say have you seen this and it, you know it's like 80 pound for a single or something um oh, so really? yeah but that really? so that stuff exists it's pretty cool that's out there i like that yeah yeah treasure that someone could a fan could find one day and it's um so correct me if i'm wrong around this time is this where you met uh les or you know fruit bat as we uh, as we know was it uh i i i'd met before that i'd met him quite Quite a long time before. Uh, okay. um, 
I can never, never remember the, I'm going to say like, it was something like 1979 or something like that. Really? So we were both oh. pretty young and yeah. uh, we met, at, there was a rehearsal studio in, in Stratham where we, we both sort of lived there or near there. And uh, it was very, it was kind of um, like every, but all the people in bands all knew each other. We sort of hang around and go to the pub. It was a, a great place. And uh, so, so we were both in different bands rehearsing there. And one day, I think I, our bass player left and he came in and stood in and, and a sort of friendship developed from that. And yeah, so I was in about probably about three versions of the same, of the same band, but with me and Les and maybe different people. And that eventually sort of led up to us doing stuff on our own and then gradually towards Jamie Wednesday. So, so the, the whole, how we remember you now, the two of you are with the drum machines. When did when you introduce this kind of that side of it, drum machines and that kind of, was it just, was that out of necessity? Because It was kind of two things because it was towards, just before Jamie Wednesday split up. I think we were, me and Les were, were getting a bit, felt a bit sort of um, constricted by, by what we were doing, maybe. And Les, Les was really into... Uh, uh, public Enemy and oh, yeah. LL Cool J and stuff like that. So he was, and that was so distant from what we were, what we were doing with Jamie Wednesday, and also uh, bands like Big Audio Dynamite and Age oh, of yeah. Chance. We, we yeah. sort of like, um, so we got, we were into that sort of stuff. And I think what what happens we we had a we had a gig as Jamie Wednesday, and we um, but Jamie Wednesday was split up, so we we decided to go ahead and do it and not tell the promoter. Uh, and we thought we would do it with a drum machine, so we just went in a, in a small recording studio, like really small, in a, and uh, did some like backing tracks with just drum machine and like sequence bass and some samples, and that was how we did the the first gig, yeah. just like with a with a cassette recorder, and uh, it sort of went on like that for a bit. And that studio was which we just picked out of the local newspapers where where we recorded the first. Um, the first four albums we recorded there, so with the same person. So you know, yeah. So we were lucky in that respect. And was your first signing? Was it was it with Rough Rough Trade? And uh, we did the first. We did a, a single with um, Big Cat UK, which oh, which right. they was sort of, they were sort of set up just to do a, a few records, I think. Yeah. Um, and that was connected to uh, uh, Southern, who were. Uh, they did a lot of the, uh, they would have done a lot of the, the early kind of um, Seattle sort of bands. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so we did a single with them and then we did an album with a, a spin-off of that label. With uh, So we did the first album with them and then and then we signed to Rough Trade after for the second album. Uh, and then Chrysalis after that. Yeah, it didn't seem to last very long with, with the label. But it wasn't. It wasn't usually our fault. It was the label would collapse. Yeah, but I mean, still to have that history, that have rough trade. I mean, that must have been a real thrill. I mean, I mean, it was a weird time because it was sort of because we saw yeah because um, we had our our launch had like a launch party at the just like a private party at, at the label, and it was the same day that they made uh, most of the staff redundant. So so so, so, oh. so it's a bit of a bit of a weird oh. time. Yeah, maybe not the best years of Rough Trade, but yeah. uh, I mean, but we do get. I find that when they when people talk about Rough Trade now in a sort of historical way, they don't tend to mention Carter. 
Oh, I would definitely. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I yeah, just, you know. no. I mean, what were the early tours like? What? How were you received when you when you first went out there and 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 did? I mean, did you do lots of support slots with with bigger bands or? Um, we didn't do that many supports, to be honest. Okay. We, we did like early on. We did sort of small supports, you know. So we. Um, well, I mean, when we started, we, we sort of had this, like, I don't know if it was a clear idea or plan, but we just played anywhere that would have us. So we didn't, so after uh, after initially starting out, we, we sort of stopped playing London because it, uh, it was either too easy or pointless. It was, it, there wasn't much point playing in a pub up the road from us to, to just our friends. So we thought it'd be better to play in, uh, you know, to play, to go up north or somewhere and play play there to six people who didn't, didn't know us yeah. and we just kind of carried on the built a sort of bit of bit of momentum from that and the crowd would get bigger every time so we did so at first we did do gigs with you know we did a lot of gigs with uh mega city four and the senseless things oh, wow. two sort of bands i think of and it was i think sometimes we were headlining and sometimes they were headlining it sort of changed that's, the, that's my sort of memory of it yeah but uh we never really did a big we never really taught we never did a support sort of tour with anyone we did one like quite early on we had a tour supporting Susie and the Banshees oh, really? and um and we got thrown off the bill after one gig no, <laughs> not really totally sure why but we did the first gig so that was the closest we came to ever supporting anyone on tour yeah. you know apart from festivals and, and sort of one one-off things yes I mean so I know we mentioned some great bands in me. I used to love the census things. Um, but I always think, I don't know if this ever been approached to you, but I always remember, I always feel like, you know, when Britpop came along, it was like, that's all we remember. But I was saying when I got into music, it was say, you know, like 91, 93, it was all bands like Census Things, Yourself, Frank and the Waters, yeah. um, you know, Pop Will Eat Itself. These are the bands I used to go and see. And it's like that piece of history is like no one really mentions anyone. I think it, they were some amazing groups. And actually, I think yeah. I preferred it then than the Britpop stuff because it was more varied and it was all different types think, of music. Yeah. I think for. maybe that, that maybe, you know, I used to think that, because uh, I was very sort of very aware of that, that sort of, uh, you know, kind of um, altered history thing of, of there being, uh, of there being um, uh, Manchester. And then there was, after that, there was grunge and then Britpop, came and saved us from grunge that's because yeah. that's the sort of that's the popular story uh and i always thought that you know the reason they don't mention that bit in between grunge and Britpop is because it sort of spoils the story yeah. but i think also maybe it is because everything was so varied that it's, it's difficult to like Britpop. even though a lot of the bands are different there is a sort there's a kind of similarity between a lot of them isn't there that sort of you can you can see why they could be called a, a scene yeah. Whereas you know, comparing that's true. Uh, Carter and uh, Ned's Atomic Dustbin and the Wonder stuff, they're sort of census things and Megacity Four. They're not. They're not really. They're quite different. All quite different bands to each other. Yeah, that's true. And maybe that's why it doesn't work as a. You know, I don't know. As a yeah, you can't put a name. Yeah, like you, say, you can't round it up and put a a scene to it. I see more documentaries, and I just feel like I'd love to see more about that period of music maybe yeah. just because it's when i got into music um, it has been it has been sort of almost we've we've heard over the sort of more recent years there have been people who 
talked about doing it, but it's never, yeah. it's never happened, you know, making a documentary. Yeah, because it is sort of weird. It's sort of that there is, that we just, there's no sort of mention of it on any of those documentaries, even just all those BBC Four things they used to do about, there would just be no mention. The worst one I saw was about, it was to celebrate the uh, anniversary of Screamadelica. Oh yeah, yeah. So, so so it was all about British uh, the the British crossover between dance music and guitar music. Yeah, and um, so I thought, oh, we'd definitely be on this, and we were. So we weren't on it, but like REM were. Wow. <laughs> Who to really? the best, you know? So I don't think we're we're either British yeah. or or connected to dance. And then they sort of yeah, and then every documentary would always end up with the last thing on would be Oasis whatever it was about they would say and that's then right. this happened yeah. and in the last 10 minutes would just be oasis uh, so I don't actually <laughs> but maybe it's just people working in that that sort of maybe there were a certain age people making those programs and that's you know yeah that was that was their that was their time you mentioned that like the dance element where you often get like down as like the queen daft not daft punk that's the band but you know that kind of alternative dance or um, yeah, and what did you make it? I mean, are you are you a fan of some electronic music or um, not? Not in a sort of not in a not in a big way, to be honest no. with you. I mean, I, I kind of was then. Yeah. Uh, but I think you know, as I probably was more like it was more more like hip hop and stuff, and yeah. and as I, maybe those crossover band, early crossover bands that I mentioned, like Age of Chance and Big Audio Dynamite, and oh, yeah. right. um, you know, more so than. I mean, I did, you know, we did sort of, we were, there was a connection between us and uh, sort of some of the Acid House stuff, you know, did, did definitely liked a lot of that. And our, our manager at the time was, he was a, he was a sort of, I suppose he was an Acid House DJ. So there was, you know, we were kind of around a lot of that stuff. Yeah. But um, I wasn't like a, you know, I think uh, a lot of the dancier stuff that we were influenced by was, was actually things like, you know, Stock Ake and a Wartman and things that we shouldn't have been influenced by, you know, and the, uh, the Pet Shop Boys and which are great, you know. great sounding records, weren't they? they were, yeah, I, yeah. So we were, yeah, it was a very. Yeah. Smooth. I think um, no, there was some, there, I mean, it often gets too much stick, doesn't it? Stock Ake Waterman, but you know, you think that there were some really good records that it did, you know, like the Dead or Alive yeah. stuff, and um, yeah. I mean, I even to be honest, quite like some of the Mel and Kim stuff. I remember. Yeah, all that's the, yeah, and everything's great. When when you look back on things, you think, yeah, that was that was that was really good, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah. You know what? It wasn't just Jason Donovan, was it? People sort of think, or, or uh, you know, yeah. Yeah. never going to give you up, as though they yeah. were the only two things that existed. No, they did so much yeah. stuff. Huge, weren't they? Huge. Yeah. Um, which leads me on to sort of like because um, I, I, I'm I'm sure I don't know if you've been watching, but obviously they've been rerunning the Top of the Pops. Um, from 92 now on BBC4. Yeah. I think you were on last week because I put it on the only boy, only living boy in New Cross. Um, and I just wonder what memories you had with the first time you played Top of the Pops. That must have just been a real buzz. Yeah, it was, it was, um, because the we did the, so there was the first time, because we did it quite a few times. The, the first time we was, it was when we were still pretty sort of angry about things and, uh, like Les really wasn't into their whole idea of, I mean, he didn't like miming. So um, no, really. so there was that. And uh, so we were quite sort of, 
you know, if you look at the, our first thing when we did after the watershed on there, and we look quite sort of, we look too angry to be on top of the pops. <laughs> sort of, yeah. uh, but um, so there, there are a lot of, you know, a lot of things happened. Um, you know, like that was, there was, uh, I think, well, the thing that I wish I'd enjoyed it more personally, I think it's because it, because we were in that era where you had to, you, you mind the music, but the vocals oh. had to be live. Yeah. So I, I was always so nervous about, because they filmed it like a, you know, one show. They, they didn't sort of, film bits they filmed the whole thing as though it was live and so you know if you got it wrong then oh, they'd have to stop the show or whatever so I was sort of really nervous of that and it was never loud nice. enough and everything so I was always just sort of sick with I used to get quite nervous so I was sort of I didn't enjoy it as much as I think I would now yeah whereas Les was always just because all he had to do was mime so he'd, yeah he'd, he'd sort of yeah, yeah. probably be probably be uh, fairly drunk I imagine as well a lot of the time but yeah it's great it's, it's great it's great to have done it you know to have done yeah. all those to have been on there that many times and can you remember anyone that, memorable that you're on with I mean you, like I said it was so eclectic I mean yeah rave, and, and, rave artists and, and you know you're meeting meeting sort of famous people that you're not maybe maybe you're not that impressed by because you're because oh, yeah. uh, you think you're great yourself or whatever yeah. <laughs> um but like later on you think oh yeah and you you only meet them to say hello but you know people like uh you know david bowie and oh. mariah carey and <laughs> you know um i'm trying oh. to think um, david bowie. Just, yeah but only just uh just That's to say cool. hello to sort of wow didn't like didn't talk to him for you know any longer than that but That's um cool. but at the time it was like I, I, you know, my memory of it now is thinking, oh yeah, that's David Bowie. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. I used to like David Bowie, yeah, or whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well. Whereas now I think, oh, why didn't I? Why didn't I sort of try and? Yeah, but why didn't I start a conversation? Yeah, but you still, you know, you can't always, you know, it's just the way things happen, aren't they? And obviously, like you yeah. said, you're probably quite nervous as well at the time. So yeah, nervous and also sort of slightly arrogant or whatever. You, yeah, you, know, you think you're, you think you're great. You don't. You don't think of, didn't probably didn't think. Oh yeah, David Bowie, he's a massive star because you think no, we're massive stars. No, totally. And he, you know, he's just a, yeah, yeah. You think you're sort of equal with, um, yeah. So there's there's a lot. Used, of, I, mean, yeah. I used to love those '90s episodes. We always just we always get frustrated when they're. Um, it just seemed to be every week there'd be like a 15 minute Michael Jackson video exclusive. So we wait yeah, for they, them to come on or a band we like. And here and they'll go. Here's the 15 minute extended Jackson <laughs> video. I'm just like, be swearing at the telly, waiting for yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> it, it's a weird program to watch when you look at back at the old ones, isn't it? Because yeah. so because it is so varied. Yeah. You know, it'll be. I think that first week we were on because that was on a few weeks ago, and I, I watched that, and it was um, I think it was uh, it was Vic Reeves and Bob Mortimer with the, with the one stuff. Oh wow. Followed oh. by Dame Dame Kiri Kanara, <laughs> followed by us. Wow. Followed by it might have been Michael Jackson or Mariah Carey. It's just a real sort of yeah. You know, and then and now here's uh, Motorhead and then yeah. then Scylla Black or something. It's kind yeah. of a weird a weird old program. I used to love it when they had like have guest presenters. I think the last one that's uh, where I was watched had Smashy and Nicey, and I forgot how much. How funny they were on yeah. it, and yeah. yeah, I think we we missed out on that. I must have, I think that was just after, after us. Yeah, oh, yeah. Great memories you must have. <laughs> and 
I was to say now, obviously, I like to go on about um, something. I mean, you've written, is it four books? Correct me if I'm wrong. Have you written four books so far? I've written, uh, no, I've written, I've written two, uh, two nonfiction, two okay. memoir. Yeah. Memoir. I feel uncomfortable with the word memoir. Sounds. <laughs> but no, anyway, two of those. Memoir, yeah. But then there's a uh, uh, six six novels. And how how do you? I mean, is that must be a, a totally different? I mean, do you enjoy the writer process um, and being an author? I mean, is that a totally different discipline from being a songwriter? Yeah. I take it. Yeah. I mean, I haven't. Yeah, I haven't. So I haven't written anything or attempted to write anything for for a couple of years now, um, or longer than that, three or four years. Uh, I found the last so the last last two novels I did I've sort of I struggled with the I struggled with the whole process a lot more because right. it was quite a sort of because you have to just get on and do it all and then you can't really get any opinions until it's finished or or a version of it's finished yeah and then somebody reads it very quickly and tells you that, that what's wrong with it and it's quite sort of yeah I didn't enjoy that sort of part of it and uh, also I did. Um, like a couple, I had two, I had one novel, like the third one was, was published, did, did pretty well and was sort of translated in loads of different countries and that, and then the, the one that followed that did well, but not quite as well. And then after that, it was, a, I couldn't get a, couldn't find a publisher for the next sort of thing, two things. And that was, I found that quite sort of, you get sort of quite dejected with the whole thing. It's very yeah. sort of, uh, you know, there's this idea that you're supposed to spend a year or whatever writing all the time. And then if nobody wants to publish it, then you should just get, get on and write the next one. <laughs> so I didn't, I've never been like that. I like to sort of, if I've worked on something, I want to, I want to do something with it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of put me off a bit, but I got back into the music as well. That's sort of, I, find I struggled doing both. Yeah. And when was, um, I mean, uh, I've seen Carter, I can't remember how, how many times over the years, but I remember memorable when you came back in, I think it was 2007, uh, and I believe was the last Carter show 2014, possibly? Around that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, is that something you might revisit in the future? Or is it one of those where you'll just um, see what happens? And... I, I think it's, uh, I, I, it's, it's more unlikely now. It's as un unlikely to happen now as it was before two thousand and seven. So, look, so like before then, before we first got back together, we we said like you know never in a million years would we do it. And then, uh, sort of things happened that ended that sort of led to us doing it. And then we realised oh this is actually really good fun. Uh, and so we did a few kind of, you know, annual gigs almost. Um, and then we decided to stop. But I think after that is sort of because we still we do get asked every now and again somebody will, will offer make an offer, or, and uh, we all sort of you know we look at the offers, but it's sort of uh, I don't like Les. I don't think really wants to do it at all for for any reason at the moment. Right. And um, I don't feel personally don't feel the need to do it as. You know what I mean? It's sort of, yeah. I feel like I'm doing quite well at the moment Yeah. with, with things. So it'd be mad to just, yeah. And, I th and there's also that, you know, how you've got to take into consideration how old we are and what it would look like and all the rest of it. If it was simple, I think if, because we were doing, there was a time when we were doing two gigs almost every year. Yeah. But we, 
but we'd spend six months working on those two gigs and then it will be all be over so you know if we could just if someone said you want to play next week we just turn up playing then it'd be different but it's that all that preparation involved yeah so yeah so the the short answer is it's i'd say i'd say it's probably it's not going to happen but you never know do you someone as awful as in the the first time we we reformed was because uh whiz from mega city four died and we were so we were asked to play a few songs yeah a, a tribute kick so there's you know that's sort of like so something awful might happen you know something awful happens and you and you end up doing i think didn't led zeppelin get back together because yeah because uh i can't remember who died somebody died and, uh, <laughs> do you know what i mean it's sort yeah. of so, so there's yeah. yeah so it could be like a it could be a an awful reason that makes you yeah makes you do something you have no plan on doing and then well, you would like so, to do yeah. it for a happy reason, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and not just for not just for money, because because yeah. it gets to the, gets to the point where you think, well, I'd like to do, I'd like to have that money. Why do you, and, and why would you need to win it? I mean, obviously, you're making, you know, some amazing records recently. I mean, just like you said about your album last year, so got all this great music yourself. Yeah, I think yeah, because I did get. I got, there were times where I've been a bit frustrated when people have like, people still. If it's usually when something happens in politically and somebody will will say on Twitter or whatever, you know, tell me that you know Carter should get back together. We really need Carter now with songs sort of about this, about this kind of commenting on this stuff. Yeah. And I always I always think, well, I'm I'm doing that. <laughs> do you know what yeah. I mean? I've sort of I've continued to do that. So yeah. Yeah. So I'm not quite sure how that works. But anyway. You should have got back together when uh, is it Frank Sidebottom passed away, or, or sorry, is it Chris Chris C? Yes, yeah. Because I remember your this memorable TV moment. I think it was uh, Frank Sidebottom doing "Lean on Me" on. Yes, yeah. That's still in I my you... my memory. <laughs> yeah, oh, so good. I mean, you must have known you made it when Frank Sidebottom was doing one of your. Yeah, songs. yeah. <clears throat> and he was uh, <laughs> sort of we we sort of knew him. You know, not Frank, but the, Chris, yeah. the man behind the mask sort of yeah. knew him. Sort of, he'd come to, he'd often be at our gigs in if we were in Manchester. Oh wow! Um, cool. Yeah, so he was, yeah, he was, yeah, he was great. Yeah, it's sort of that's another one of those things. At the time, it was just like, here's Frank Sidebottom, and then <laughs> you know he's almost more of a legend now, isn't he? Than yeah, that, yeah. that character than, than he was then. So yes, I would lucky enough to see him a few times um always yeah brilliant um well thanks um for, for joining me today jim and to, it's been really fascinating and i look forward to future gigs by yourself and and, and records and uh, i do appreciate you spending some time today no problem Ab- absolute pleasure thank you